Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. I'm Karis. Uh, I am Karis Reed. I'm the brand manager at Radical Forge. Uh, we are a game studio based in Middlesbrough in the UK. Um, we are about 80 people now. We are a studio that is inspired by skate culture and punk, as you can probably see from our pictures. And we have kind of big things on our way. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for us going forwards. Um, you may also know me from a couple of things. Um, I write game dev blogs over at my website, karasreed.co.uk. I also run a community called Game Devs, which is a fitness community for game developers. Um, and we're at like 300 members now, which is really cool. Um, during my career so far, I have launched five titles as a community developer, and I've worked with 10 communities overall. Um, so the games I've worked on have ranged from stuff that are like early access games, all the way through to new IPs and sequels. Um, the size of the teams I've worked with have ranged from a team size of two all the way up to like 30. And now obviously I work with a studio of about 80 people. Um, one thing that I've seen again and again is developers will come to me and they say, how do I keep my fans happy whilst I'm working on my game? Um, so often they come to me to fix that issue. <laughs> and I think what a lot of de developers do is they will throw a community manager at that problem. Um, so I came up with this talk, which is about automation and how to automate your way to player happiness. Um, so this talk is less talk about marketing. It's more about communication and keeping up consistent communication with your audience without that taking away from your time that you need to develop games that you're working on. Um, so this talk is for solo developers, it is for small dev teams, it is for studios that are searching for a publisher and to gain interest of a publisher, you kind of need to gain traction with having a community. You're probably seeing more and more of that being spoken about. Um, this talk is also for community managers who want to cut down on manual work. Like after you've been a community manager for a while, you get a little bit sick <laughs> of answering the same questions over and over again. And you kind of want to be a little bit more creative. So by automating, you're able to do that kind of more creative work and stuff that you really enjoy. Um, so first up, to kind of answer that overall question, we need to answer, how do you keep fans happy? Um, so there's a couple of things that you need to do before we even get into any automation. Um, so let's address some of those things. Um, so... To set expectations with your audience, um, you need to get a website. <laughs> I know you're probably thinking, this is the most basic point. Why have you put this up front? Um, that if you guys remember like the whole Blue Box Games drama, like Blue Box Game Studios, like they came out with this teaser trailer. People were like, oh my God, like this must be the next big thing. People are being super mysterious about this thing. And then journalists literally had to go in and find out who this game studio was, what they were about to discover 
oh, they actually haven't launched things properly before and the things that they have worked on aren't necessarily of the best quality. Whereas everyone was thinking, oh my God, this is a next hit game that's coming out. Um, I think it's really important to show to players, hey, we are you know, a team of this size. We are only working part-time on this. We may have funding, we may not have funding. Um, if you share that information, people can't assume the best or the worst of you. They kind of can set their own expectations. And I cannot tell you how many times I have seen requests and players are super demanding. And then they discover, oh, I had no idea that your team was a team of four people. Um, so that's something that I think is super important. I think people don't really think about enough. Um, keep your social channels low. Like, obviously, this is a talk that is aimed at indies. Um, and I think you've been told by now, you do not need to be on every single social media channel. Like, keep quality over quantity. Um, another thing is making sure that you're linked up and accessible online with, like, having channels on your game home screen, which I know isn't necessarily something you can do with, if you're doing, like, console releases. But at least if you're on Steam, making sure that people can access the information they need is super duper vital. Uh, there's a couple more points here. So uh, keep customer service to two places max. If you are like having problems come in and hit you from like your Facebook page, from your email, from your Twitter DMs, um, from YouTube comments, and you're trying to be customer service across all of these things, it just isn't viable long-term. Like you need to, before you even launch your game, be like, we will be helping people in this place and this place, like maximum two, right? Like you can't be everywhere because it's gonna take up so much time from you. Another thing that I think is super important is scheduling your player facing time. So whether that is the time that you are responding to players or whether that is the time that you just wanna have casual chats with them and you just wanna interact with your audience and kind of get to know them a little bit better. So one thing I'd say is like, instead of doing your game dev work and then going in and out, like checking discords or checking forums and stuff like that in and out throughout the day, do it first in the morning and then do it before you finish at night. Like that's all you should really be doing. Um, and if you're spending time to like hang out with them, maybe set that to like this and this day per week. The more consistent you are, the more people know what to expect from you. Um, so we're like keeping your interactions consistent. That's kind of the same thing too, but that's more so when you're responding to players, they should be like, have these expectations of who answers these kind of questions? Like, how do they answer them? Are they gonna answer them via direct message or do they only answer them in the Discord? Do they answer them via email? Do they answer them there? How much information does this company usually share about things? You should be talking about this as a team and like kind of agreeing to kind of like a set formulaic <laughs> way that you respond to people. That doesn't mean that it's a message that sounds very robotic, but just that, you're not having one person that will write somebody an entire paragraph and the next day another person will only give them a sentence and not tell them very much information. It frustrates players, it's confusing. Um, yeah, so I came up with this handy <laughs> acronym uh, and I've kept it because I think it's kind of funny. Um, but I think there's kind of four main needs that players uh, desire from communication from developers. Um, so that is support, access to information, connection and content. Um, and with this presentation, I'm kind of going to go into those and how you can fulfill those for your players and how you can automate some of them to kind of take those off your plate. So there may be some of these that you prefer doing manually, and that is totally okay. But there's lots of options in here for you to automate. And I'll say this at the end, but I'll also say this now. You do not need to automate everything. If something is taking you more time to automate than it is to take doing manually and you don't actually enjoy it, 
cut it loose, find something else that you enjoy more to do. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so let's talk about, <laughs> I forgot that I put this in there. Uh, how can you automate your way to success? So we'll start off with support. Um, so this is how you can automate support. When players are after support, these are things like, you know, they have bugs, they have issues, um, they are struggling to do something in the game, or they have kind of like technical issues, uh, even just like having suggestions for your game, right? Um, so personally, I think the best place for automating support is Discord. And I know that lots of people have kind of concerns with Discords and forums and all of these things. But if you are a small dev team, um, you may not have a community manager, you cannot beat the automation and the time given back that Discord can give you. Um, so you don't need to have a big fancy server. You don't need to have a ton of channels that all need moderating. But the bots and the systems that you can set up on Discord are incredibly handy. Um, automating player bug tracking issues and suggestions can give you so much of your time back. And also, it's more satisfying for players because the quicker responses they get, the happier they are because they feel like they're being able to interact with you. They're feeling like they're being seen. Um, so there's this tool that I absolutely love. It's probably my favorite tool in the games industry, um, and it's called Codex. Um, and this is a task tracker that was set up where you can write your tasks on cards and you can put those into decks. And that's how you can kind of like track what you're getting done. You can do this with teams, all that kind of stuff. And that is incredible anyway, but they came up with this um, bot for Discord that's called Decky, and I adore it. Um, so it lets players use commands to log bugs, issues, and suggestions. So a player will go into Discord, go into a channel, they will log one of these things. The bot will message them back and be like, hey, here's your ticket number. Thank you for that. We are sending that over to the developers. So you, without even having to log into Discord, without you being distracted by the things that players are saying and all of their comments, you can see on the web page exactly those bugs coming in alongside your other tasks. And you can delete those if it's just nonsensical. You can also um, tick them to say that they're done and that will send a message back to the player. Um, it's really great because it means that you have full control of the conversation that's going on because if you need anything from those players, you do not have to message them from your personal account. Um, you can just message them through the system. So it will send them a message through the bot. Like genuinely look into it. It is one of the best things I've come across when I was a community manager and I recommend it to people all of the time. It means that players complete this like reporting an issue cycle faster and they just feel satisfied because they're not waiting for you to respond. It's not taking up your manual time. It's not taking up your time to log into Discord. It's really, really brilliant. Um, another thing and another way that I've used this is that um, I would save up the tasks like bugs and stuff that we'd fix until a bug patch went out. So when that patch went out, then I tick off all of those things. So people not only got a notification through Steam that there was an update, but they also got a notification on Discord that, hey, not only is there a new patch out, but it's fixed that one particular bug you hated. <laughs> so now you can go back and play it, um, which is a really brilliant way of notifying players that are engaged and also getting those players back if they were irritated by a problem. Um, we also used um, the names of the players that are reporting issues at the bottom of patch notes. And that was like a super small thing to do. And yet it was super effective and it made players want to help us more, but also feel like we were seeing them and we were involving them in the process. Like this is during an early access game called, um, it wasn't actually an early access game. It was a game that had like multiple patch updates after its release um, called Mecha Jammer and it, it went down really, really well. Um, <laughs> this is a super long slide, but you can probably tell that I'm very passionate about this one particular thing. Um, 
Suggestions also had a home. Something that you might realize as a developer when you've launched a game is that people want to suggest you things. And here's the thing, you don't always like their suggestions. Sometimes they might inspire you, but sometimes how do you even react to a suggestion that you don't particularly like? Whereas if someone can send you a suggestion through a command, they're like, okay, I know that the developer has seen that now. Um, you don't have to awkwardly respond saying, hey, thanks, uh, we're not gonna do that. Or, hey, thanks, that's a cool idea and get their hopes up that will actually be in the game. So giving suggestions at home was also a super helpful thing. Um, there are other options than using um, Decky and Codex. Um, so there's a thing called BugBot, um, where you can send kind of like, uh, players can use Discord commands and they will go over to a Trello board, um, which is super handy. There's game BugBot, so it will send kind of commands in a Discord to another, uh, either another Discord or another Discord channel, which kind of can, kind of can be handy just for logging that information if you don't use that other channel for anything else. Um, same thing with Builderbot. Also, you can just go back to basics and use Google Forms. Google Forms to like Excel or not Excel sheets, but like Google Sheets. Just a very simple way of like logging that information. It kind of depends on the size you are and the amount of players you have. But like these are super easy ways to do something that isn't custom and still get that automation and get your time back. Um, other support information. <laughs> Other support automations, uh, SteamyBot. So yet again, by the Codex people, not sponsored by Codex, just so helpful. Um, you can get a bot on Discord where it will automatically tell you um, that you've had a review in. And the great thing about this is that you're not checking Steam throughout the day to be like, have you got a new review? Have you got a new review? Have you got a new review? Um, you just get them all in one place and you can get notified if you want to see them or if you don't want to see them. And it just allows you to not be going from tab to tab to tab to be checking everything. Everything is all in one place. Um, with Facebook page messaging, if you do still have a Facebook page, um, there are really cool things you can do where you can set your frequently asked questions that you think people will try and contact you there about. And you can add an answer there too, which is super duper handy if you don't want to be having to check yet again another social media. Um, something you can do there is also set a question where it will send them a link through to your Discord to contact you there instead or tell them where you will actually be um, taking suggestions and issues and helping people with that stuff. Um, another thing is uh, Twitter bot DMs. Uh, you can use kind of, it's not through Twitter, but if you search it, you'll be able to find it. Um, you can set it up so that if someone follows you on Twitter, your account can automatically DM them. And what's a really good thing about this is that if you already have someone that's interested in your game or they found your game through Twitter, you get instantly DM them and you can give the information about where your site is, what the link is to the Steam. You know, you can say, hey, we're doing this thing over here or we just had this update that just happened. Um, and you're automatically kind of like, including them more in the process and giving them more information without them having to go to your page and find it in your tweets, right? Super duper cool, really love it. Um, so moving on to automating access to information. Uh, so when players are after information, it's usually kind of about law, it's about how they do things in games, but it could also be more technical stuff like, hey, does this game work on Steam Deck, which is a question I've answered so many times, um, or will this game be available in other languages? First off, FAQ on your website, get that in a pin post on Steam. I think that's kind of the basics of it. That is super duper gonna help you and um, help you stop having to respond to these things again and again. Um, something that can happen when you have those up as well is that other players will start answering questions of that other players are asking, which is super duper handy. 
should stop saying super duper, but uh, yeah, that's just me, I guess. Um, so another thing that you should think about is that information and formats um, that are easily searchable are really handy to players. So when you're considering, okay, where are we putting this information about our game? Um, things like Steam Guides and Reddit are really good if you want it to be easily accessible when people just kind of Google your game or Google an issue that they've had. So if you're considering having kind of like Reddit forums, that's really, really good for it. Um, video formats can also be super handy for accessibility. And some people really like that and just don't fancy reading through Steam forums to try and try to find what they need. Um, with video formats too, you can also um, use kind of like automated captions. That's super handy. We'll talk about that later on as well. Um, one thing that I always recommend people do when they're putting a game out into the world is, hey, sit down a friend that doesn't know anything about like your website, anything about that stuff and say, hey, can you find uh, this information about the game? Uh, can you find where to report bugs? Can you find um, our social media? And just sit them down in front of Google and see if they can find those things and see if everything is linked up. And if they're even coming across old and outdated information, and that's something I do before every game launch. And I think that not enough people necessarily think about that. Um, one important thing is that if you're looking at automating information, it is going to be very difficult if you haven't done a great deal of documentation during development. If all the information about the game is in someone on the dev team's head <laughs> and it isn't written down, it's going to be very hard for anyone you're bringing on board um, to make kind of the process easier because I keep having to tap somebody else. So it doesn't matter if it's automated if somebody else uh, hasn't got it all written down. Um, but here are some quick things that you can do. So commands on Discord, which you're probably aware of. Um, so if you have questions that get answered, asked all the time, um, you can have it set up so people can just write in commands and that information is going to come back to them. Um, there's also a really handy tool that you've probably already heard of because I think it's like one of the biggest automated <laughs> websites kind of in the world is if this, then that. Um, so you can set it up so that if there is a comment that happens in a certain Discord channel, that comment could be moved to Trello. And then from your Trello board, you can have it set up from one Trello board to an, like another section of it can go automatically to Twitter. And you're probably thinking, how is that going to be handy? So if you kind of use a little bit of creativity, like something like if you had a channel where fans could write tips for playing the game, if you have those automatic going to a Trello board, you can check over that Trello board and be like, hey, um, this is this is great. This is a really neat one. Let's have that tweeted out to people. Um, it just kind of like helps a little bit with the process and it helps a little bit with you not having to think all the time what content you're putting out there or how to inform players or having to write your own content. You can kind of use kind of user-generated content in a way, right? Um, there's also a really, really cool thing where you can get a Twitter bot that will retweet hashtags. So you can whitelist certain accounts so that your Twitter account will retweet them. So let's say you have someone on your team that tweets a lot and they will talk a lot about the game. And like, let's say it's a concept artist and they're kind of like showing more of that work online. You can whitelist that account from your studio account or from your game account. So it'll automatically retweet. So you're getting that content without you having to personally go in and be like, oh, let me retweet this, let me go check all their tweets. It'll just happen automatically. It's also a really good thing if you don't want to give everyone on your team access to your Twitter account, um, you can just have that done automated. Um, so Quillbot and Lately are both kind of social media scheduling systems. Um, so with AI social posts, it's probably not necessarily what you expect, but they are really good at 
noticing when you're getting the most interactions on your posts when you're scheduling them. And then they will start offering you suggestions of, hey, usually if you post at 2 p.m., you get the most interactions. So it's just one less thing for you to think about of having to be like, hey, I need to like trial and test when people are interacting with my content the most. There's systems out there that will just do that for you automatically and post them at the right times for you. You don't have to think about that. Um, Auto captions is another one. So if you are doing kind of like any kind of video content, I use this app called Subcap. So occasionally I'll record like a little video. I use Subcap. It will auto caption my video. And there's very limited work that I have to do. Occasionally I have to correct a word or two and that's about it. And it just looks so much more professional. Uh, it's probably something you're already aware of. But I think it's just something that it, it doesn't take much time. It takes seconds, genuinely. Um, streams to text posts. So something that is super popular now and something that I've um, done a fair amount of is like dev live streams. Um, and the thing is, if you're doing dev live streams, the developers are there, they're talking to the players, they're interacting with them. It's brilliant. It's great for the players, but it's also taking up <laughs> that developer's time. If they're going to be doing a stream for two hours, you want to make sure that that is going to be the most valuable two hours for the players, right? Um, so using something like Otter AI, whereas which kind of like transcribes what is being said is super handy because then you can take the information that's said in the stream where the devs may be giving away some information that they haven't said before, that's kind of exciting, that you want to clue in the rest of the community on. You can have that AI transcribe it all, go through it and be like, hey, okay, we've got this and this and this thing that's been said. And now everyone can see it. It's more accessible to people. There are people that aren't going to watch a live stream but will read a blog post. And it also stops you from having to sit there, sit through two hours of content to remember what has been said and write it out yourself. It's super handy. Um, so onwards to automating connection. Um, so connection with fans are not only uh, connecting with you, but it's also with other people in the fan base. It's also with um, a lot of fans kind of like have hobbies of taking part of communities. So whether that's like they want to help moderate communities or they want to help devs translate or they want to do a little bit of QA and they're kind of interested in that. Um, you would definitely notice fans like that. Um, so automation should give you the time to connect meaningfully with your players. So all of this stuff that we're doing, it's giving you time back to work on your game and also the time to choose where you want to spend it with your players, whether if that's on Discord having chats or whether that is with dev live streams. Um, but there are a couple of ways that you can automate connection, <laughs> In, which sounds kind of uh, a bit sci-fi, but, it, but it's true. Um, so from small things like Discord roles, where the more people post, they will get higher up roles. You've probably seen that before, but it makes people feel seen and appreciated. Um, all the way through to things like um, MailChimp, which is a email marketing kind of system. Um, you can set it up so that when people sign up, um, like you can do kind of like anniversary emails. So it can be like the anniversary of them being like a fan of your game or your studio for a year and be like, hey, you signed up for this mailing list a year ago. Uh, we're so glad that we've had you as a fan for a year. Like here's what we've been up to during that time. Like that's one thing that you'd have to touch for a year. Like you would <laughs> do it once, and then it's set. Same with like, um, if they sign up for your email and they mention like their birthday, same thing. You can send them an email on their birthday and say, hey, thanks for being a fan. It's a small thing. It doesn't mean that you're having to write an email every single month, but it makes fans feel seen and appreciated. 
Um, same thing with like, you're going to get a ton of people reaching out to try and volunteer and do work with you. And I, oh my God, the amount of people that I've responded to, they've been like, Hey, can we translate your game? Um, there's been so many people where it's like, I, we don't need this help right now. Or we think maybe the publisher will be handling this stuff when we're not quite sure. But then later down the line, we're looking for people that know how to mod the game or have time to write steam guides and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, who was that guy that contacted us ages ago? Um, so instead of having to respond and have individual conversations and letting people down, being able just to have a Google form that is set up that you can just send people and be like, Hey, not right now, but sign up for this form, tell us your skills. Thank you very much. Um, I think that's a super, uh, handy thing to do. Um, there is a tool that's called Flipboard, which you may have heard of. It's a news aggregator. Uh, if you have kind of certain topics, you can put them in there and it will show you all of them. So let's say... If you have a fan base, it's like super into sci-fi stuff. So maybe you've noticed that there is an overlap in interest of your game, uh, your game's theme, but also like a TV show and some other films and these other books. And fans of your stuff really like like things of that stuff as well. Um, having a news aggregator set up for news on those other things is a really good way to be able to hop into a Discord or hop into a chat and be like, hey, have you guys heard about this other thing? And be able to interact with them without having to constantly search out for things and topics to talk about, because you can't always necessarily talk about your game. Um, so that's a really nice way to keep those kind of communities fresh. Um, you can also do a really cool thing, which is making your own content aggregator. And I think this is really cool for launches. Um, so you can set up a content aggregator that anyone can access and you can have it kind of like on a stream in your office. Um, you can have it so that it's set up publicly. So you can just put it on your Twitter. You can put it on your website that will show what fans are posting across lots of different social medias, what news articles and stuff are posting. And you can just see kind of a wall of all of these things coming in. It's something that encourages people to post, but it's also something that, you know, I don't really see a lot of, and it's really kind of like a bit creative, I think. Um, Discord polls, questions of the day. These are things you can actually automate using Discord bots, which is super handy. So you can see Pollinator that's up there right now. Um, not the most enticing question, uh, but it's something that just keeps people um, interested and in feeling like you you want to spend time with them, which is quite nice. Uh, and moving on to automating content. Uh, so content. <laughs> when we talk about content, this isn't necessarily marketing content, um, but it is more so content where you kind of have like inside jokes um, with your fan base. Um, so one, one thing that's worthwhile saying is that magical free content wizardry doesn't exist. Um, unfortunately, you will have to be slightly creative with this stuff. But I've tried to seek out some things that could help you. Um, so for instance, like these are things you've probably heard of before. But Canva, for instance, and Adobe Express, they have some really good templates and inspiration for social media posts. And you may be thinking, hey, isn't that very like Instagramming and very like Etsy seller kind of thing? But you'd be surprised. It's really useful having something where it already has all the size of social media stuff. So it has the right size for uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, everything's already there. Um, and if you're somebody who isn't really great at like kind of graphic design and thinking that stuff on your feet, but you need content out there that looks good you will find things in there. So even if it's small things from like, if you're getting Steam reviews in and you want to share them, instead of just sharing them 
like, you know, in writing, you can have them written up here and you can save those templates on Adobe Express or on Canva for later. Um, it's, it's very useful. Um, things like Laser, which I said um, before, which is a, a content scheduling tool where you can look across all social media channels all in one place. Um, but it also has this really cool feature where you can upload all of the content that you have um, like all of your pictures, everything, uh, a ton of kind of like uh, tweets and stuff or posts that you've done before. And you can have it all in one place so that if you're ever like missing a day where you're like, oh, I don't really know what I should post today, you should be kind of making like evergreen posts that you can post always that aren't always topical things. Um, and you can just slide and slot them into place, which is kind of cool. Um, another neat thing is that if you're not someone that uh, plans to... Um, do kind of social content in advance and you're someone that kind of more so does things on the fly and then you're like okay uh what do we do now now today i have no ideas um you can set up automation with through if this then that where you can have the tweets that you do put out will all automatically go into a spreadsheet um and that's like handy for what i said like with evergreen content where we're in like you don't know what you're doing that day. You head over to this Google sheet and you're like, oh, you know what? This tweet did really well. And it's been a couple months now, so we may as well put it out again. Because I think a lot of people think about social media having to be like a very of the moment. But like if a tweet did good once, you can put it out again. It's not illegal to do that. You can totally do that. Um, another really neat tool is Impress. So Impress actually have a ton of tools, but the one I wanted to talk about is um, the coverage bot for influencers. Um, so this tool will let you know when someone has covered your game. Um, and that's really great because having <laughs> been a brand manager and also worked in community management, the amount of times I've like typed games into YouTube or typed games into Google and then gone to the news articles just to see who is covering what or having to do that like through Twitter and stuff like that. It's a little bit tricky to see who's covering things and also having to do that all the time because you don't know when the things are going up and you want to... Uh, you want to find out as soon as it happens, right? So Empress Coverage Bot really helps with that too. Um, yeah, so one question you might be thinking now that we've spoken about how to automate a ton of those different things is which part of that is the most important? Which one should you be focusing on fulfilling the most? Um, and I think it kind of depends on where you're at with the development cycle. Um, so for instance, like if you're in the pitching phase, you shouldn't really be thinking about how you automate support. Like that isn't something that you should be putting your time into. Um, you should be focusing on content and information. And you may not even think of this, but early access and release, you should also be prioritizing different things too. So with early access, you're trying to maintain those players as much as you possibly can. So automating connection and spending as much time with players as you can is really important because you want to keep them leading up until the release. Like you don't want those accusations of a dead game. Nobody does. Um, same with like information. So because your game isn't entirely there yet, you need to be informing people about what it is going to be and what your plans are. So automating information and making sure that you're valuing that a little bit more is more important. Whereas with release, content is a little bit more important than information because you want to be showing your game as much as humanly possible to bring more people in. Indie game business has one of the longest running 
digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all the speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. So <laughs> what does automating success look like in reality? I don't know why I did this uh, uh, thing. I don't know why I did the sack thing to myself, but I have done it now. So there we go. <laughs> um, so here's some examples. Um, so a basic version of automating these parts would look like um, including kind of Google Forms for bug tracking, um, which is, like I said, super simple, but it's just a way to move people all to one place. Um, for doing like access to information that would be you know having people on your team whitelisted so that your account was going to retweet them uh, for connection that would be doing those kind of like fan anniversary automated emails um and uh using adobe express for quick review graphics when you have new reviews and stuff in so already even just by using a couple of those things you've kind of boosted um, your relationship with players and how much they feel seen and heard and appreciated by you. And that's just by doing the smallest bits of automation. Um, so for like a more hardcore mode, <laughs> uh, this would be kind of using more bots of bug tracking, review tracking, uh, for notifying and thanking players when things go out. Um, uh, for access to information, this would be things to streams, to blog posts using that transcriber tool that we mentioned earlier. Um, or even having a channel for fan, fan tips that would go all the way over to Twitter um, to be put out as like content. Um, with connection, uh, this would be having like that launch or patch day news aggravator that is publicly available. Um, you could also use the automated topic of the day and the polls using Discord bots. Um, for content, that would be um, the Empress uh, influencer coverage bot. Or you could use the if that then this tweets to Google Sheet so you can reuse content. So like, like I said, you do not need to do all of these things, but even just doing a handful of them, you're going to up the stuff that you're doing, right? Um, so here's a little cheat sheet of my presentation. Um, so remember to set expectations with your players, tell them who you are, tell them what you're about, um, give them that information so that they're not assuming stuff. Um, consider how you can fulfill a uh, sack <laughs> automation or otherwise, right? Um, like even if you, go away from this and you're like, you know, well, automation is like too much for me. Uh, I can't be bothered with it. I just want to do things manually. Still look at those things and how you can fulfill those because those are things that every player is looking for. Um, don't do every automation. Um, like I said, multiple times throughout this, like if you're spending more time automating than you are like, you know, than you are enjoying, it, it's just pointless. Just don't bother. Um, but most of all, discover where like your manual time is best appreciated. And this is something that I would speak to developers a lot about is, okay, are you finding that player is enjoying you most when you're in dev streams? Are you enjoying that interaction with them the most? Or are you enjoying just going into forums and responding to people? Or are you enjoying like 
writing handwritten um, emails to fans like every so often updating them on where the game is at. Um, yeah, and that's something that I feel like you can't really track with statistics and is more something you feel in your heart. <laughs> so, um, yeah, cool. Um, I think I ended that a little bit quicker than I anticipated, so I apologise. Um, I may have spoken a little bit too fast. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anyone has any questions. Um, as you can see, here are some blogs on my website. I talk about a lot of these things. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, at Karis Reed. Um, and yeah, you can also find me on LinkedIn, and I kind of talk about topics this week. Yeah, this was great. This is good stuff. I, everyone in Discord is taking notes. I can see this conversation. Of, oh, nice. We're like, I didn't know Flipboard was still a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It exists still. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we do have some questions. Uh, let's pull them up here from Discord. For gamers who view automation as a lazy approach to communication, what recommendations do you have to demonstrate its advantage as a valuable tool for all? Ah, oh, that's really interesting. Hmm. I think it depends on. I think you have to do it tactically, right? Um, so if they are feeling like it's a lazy approach to communication, it's probably because there is something you're doing that doesn't feel like it has like the human touch, right? So mm -hmm. whether that's you not getting in like enough FaceTime with them or whether it's something like messages don't seem handwritten, um, like when I say like handwritten, I mean like in your kind of like tone of voice and stuff like that. That's probably something that you need to add into the mix. I think also just being kind of honest with them and saying, look, we are a team size of this many people and we want to be spending time on this game to make this game better for you. And I think that if they can understand that, that you're trying to be able to do more with less, um, I don't know. I feel like they should be able to understand that, right? Right. Like there's, so as a content creator, I get a lot of emails that say, hi, I, I've watched your content and I really love it. And I'm like, that is totally disingenuous because you haven't watched anything. That is just a template email. So whenever I would reach out to streamers, I'd be like, hey, I'm just sending out this email to a bunch of content creators, right? And you just be honest. Yeah. Like, and, and you're on the list, right? No, Not, I think uh, that's I like content and I really loved and that was the big thing. They're like, well, watch a little bit of someone's content and then say what you like about it. And like that just sounds so disingenuous, right? Just be honest. Like, hey, this is a mass email I'm sending out to a thousand people or whatever. Yeah, I think that's also like cold email emails as well. Like, I think one of the nicest things, a dev um that I used to work with uh called Dan Fedor um he like will write his own emails every like three months to update people on how early access is going and it's just so nice and every time I see it in my inbox I want to open it because it feels like it feels like it's him to you and it just feels very genuine um whereas things like bug tracking and bug fixes that was just all dealt with using bots and stuff because they understood that the more time he had away from that the more time he could actually put into making the game Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Right. There's, I mean, there's a fine line between disingenu in in what's the word I'm thinking? Disingenuousness, and uh, you just got to figure out what that line is, right? Like, if you were writing an email or whatever, if you were reading that email that you just wrote, would you feel like it was actually from a person, or would it just feel like a template blast email? Yeah. No. Hundred percent. 
Okay, here we go. Another one from Discord. As someone with six years of experience in community management, I appreciate the benefits of automation, but also want to ensure that my role remains important. How can I incorporate additional automation techniques without making my position obsolete? Ah, oh, I love this question because I've actually dealt with this myself. And even when I was putting together this talk, I was like, I love community managers. They're so valuable. But I think one of the things... I think that there's a lot of people that when they look at community management, they think about it in a way as just a customer service role. Whereas I think having been a community manager and being surrounded by community manager friends, like I think we all know that our value is so much more because it's a lot about the soft skills, not only working with players, but also working with developers. So the less time you have doing something that you don't enjoy, that can be automated, the more time you have to be creative and actually bring ideas to dev team and be like, okay, we haven't um, responded to our players in this way before. Um, we haven't done this kind of content before. Um, we have, I've been able to kind of like, you know, delve into analytics and be like, oh, well, maybe we should be looking at this thing in a different way instead. By being able to kind of, kind of get rid of some of the things that you don't enjoy doing so much, you are able to kind of have more time to do the things um, that kind of show, I don't know, show worth in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like being able to go to developers and say, hey, this is how people are viewing things um, and actually have those conversations with players and take that time to talk to players is so much more valuable than just having to give out bug tickets like one-on-one, right? Right. And community management is such a, like, I mean, that could be as big a role or as small as role. It could just be managing a discord or it could be doing that and social media planning and, and, and events. And uh, cause I'm also the community manager of a charity and it's not just, I hang out in discord, you know, mm -hmm. I do so many things. So my advice is to keep a journal of the things that you do, right. Oh, like whatever it is, a little small, like I I'm, um, I am encouraged to attend webinars and do talks and be on podcasts. So if you're doing those things or what new thing you just devised or that you rearranged it, just, just keep a monthly journal and put all that stuff in there. So, because people that don't do community management to them, it's just like, what are you doing? Right. What, what things are you doing? Because they don't know. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, we've all dealt with like entirely automated customer service and how many of us have looked through all of that stuff and been like, where is the number? I need to talk to a real person uh -huh. that actually understands my issue at the end of the day. And, and I feel cares. like that is, yeah. And that cares and that understands like, oh my God, the amount of times as a community manager, I've, I've told the dev team an issue and mentioned a specific player and they've been like, they have no idea who that player is. And I've been able to be like, this person, they uh, used to do this thing. They did this thing for us. They modded it for us back in the day. They helped run this event. And like all of that stuff is stuff that you as a human can do, but automation just can't do. Mm -hmm. Right, for sure. And 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 just communicating, right? Mm. Okay, here we go. Another question from Discord. Do you have any suggestions for someone who wants to get into a community management position? Uh, yeah, I actually did a blog post um, on this. I don't think you can, yeah, it's not on this screen, <laughs> but I have a ton. And I think one of the things I didn't realize for a while is that you don't have to wait for someone to give you a community. You can create your own. 
you can volunteer right now and be able to get involved in that kind of stuff and get that kind of experience um which is something that i just didn't realize i was just like, how do i break into this but there are so many forums and communities out there right now that you can participate in um and get those skills that you need i think another thing is realizing um kind of being t-shaped uh which is something that like valve talk about a lot and i i've, I've mentioned a fair amount which is not only understanding what you do inside out but is also understanding other mediums too so for instance like um I uh, have like education history and doing like game art design. Um, and I've also been around and done like a fair amount of game jams and doing those game jams helped me understand, okay, what are the limits for programmers at this like certain level? Like, are they able to do this thing or that thing? Or like even just being around a lot of biz dev people, although I don't do biz dev myself, I can kind of see like how things work with that. And it kind of makes you more able to slot into a team because you understand people that you're working with around you. Um, so I'd recommend trying to get as much time as possible around other people in game dev so that you can kind of understand the landscape a lot more. Right. And other other jobs in the industry that they're doing, because like I was saying, community management, it could just be managing a discord or it could be a hundred things. Mm. Right. Yeah. There's like so many things. So many people like kind of specialize in specific things too. Like there's community managers who do kind of more like hosting work, like and do kind of more videos and are kind of more of a face of the brand. And then you have people who are more like, you know, super great with Discord, super good with technology, um, but don't really kind of like interact a, a great deal or, you know, don't really show their face as much, right? Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of, especially like, some uh, publisher community managers where they kind of, they're their own brand, right? So if they're working at one place, but then they move to their, you know, move to a different job, it's like they have a community around themselves because they are a brand as well. And I yeah. find that super interesting. Here we go from Discord as a small game dev studio. What's the best way to identify a reliable community manager who can take charge of various tasks allowing us to concentrate on more crucial responsibilities. Oh, that's really interesting. Because I don't know if you can do this anymore. I, I don't know. I guess it kind of depends, right? So what I'm going to say is, if I personally was looking for a community manager, in an interview setting, I would ask them to talk to me about what they saw of our community and where they see sore points and where they think they could be best implemented. Because I think the best possible thing you can do when hiring, especially for community manager, because communities are always evolving, is finding someone who can evolve with that stuff and who can be very proactive. Mm -hmm. um, so you know that they're constantly going to be kind of like looking out for issues and looking out for ways to improve. So I think that's something that I would definitely look for. I think looking for someone who is definitely a people person can get on well with people and have a lot of soft skills is really important because you can definitely see in communities where someone will go into it and they'll use their power <laughs> of like moderation and stuff or they'll get angry about things or if they if they get like that it's it's definitely not the best person to have because it can kind of cause friction um with the audience um if whereas if you have somebody who you know can kind of brush off things a little bit easier um yeah it's it's more helpful to find somebody like that so the, what you do is you do research on the person and then you like if somebody attacked the person online and how they handled it 
right? I mean, yeah, I guess so. But or, or just asking them <laughs> about like maybe a time where they've had to kick someone from a community um, mm. or ban someone entirely, and why they chose to do that and how they weighed that up. Like, did they just do it automatically, or did they go through a process to sort that out? And how did they seem like they felt like felt about it? Um, yeah. That's a good answer. All right, here's another one. Oh, that was a trip. From Discord, you just brought up volunteering and creating your own community to obtain skills. However, most employees will not accept that as relevant experience. How do you get their first official opportunity with only volunteer experience? God damn, are people not? Like every company I've worked at has done. Um, and I've personally helped hire like two community managers and I always I'm always impressed when I see that people have done volunteer work um or work within a community actually I was talking to um uh so at my company like the company I work at Radical Forge I was talking to our CFO and he's a big fan of armor right like he's a huge fan of armor and we had like this whole conversation about how um communities in armor are so interesting because of the way that they organize themselves and how i feel like you can actually get proper experience from playing that game from organizing so many huge groups of people right and uh there was someone that interviewed and they had this massive conversation about armor and all this work they'd done in it and they even had on their resume the fact that they had been part of this community for ages had been planning all of these um games and stuff for ages and like you know and we were super impressed by that so i feel like if you're finding companies like that that do not accept that kind of volunteering experience or accept that you're setting up your own communities, please like seek out another place that will understand your worth because that those people are probably in the past. <laughs> I think that there are hopefully a, a good rising amount of game studios that are understanding um, that, you know, a lot of these experiences like uh not the word isn't reciprocal but like um can can be transmitted like elsewhere does that make sense mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i guess a follow-up to that comment uh i've been turned down for multiple positions because running my own community for years and doing volunteer for charity and game communities was not real experience well if those people turned you down that doesn't sound like a good reason to me I mean, I, that to me, that just sounds ridiculous because whether you're volunteering or getting paid, mm. you know what? Bam. That yeah, comment, no, that I comment's hate done. that. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, I really do not think people should be doing that at mm. all. Um, I would say one thing if you, you know what? To be fair, if you send me your resume, <laughs> I hope put my email in Discord, send me your resume. Um, I'd be more than happy to like check over it. Um, because I feel like you do have experience, so you should be able to get roles. And I can ask about and see if we can find you one if you don't currently have one. Um, but I'd be more than happy to do that. I, I yeah. think that person currently has a role. Oh, okay. That's good. I think That's that good. I'm glad. currently won out on a role on over 300 applicants. Oh, really? Oh, wait. Was this, is this the new community manager? <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. She's And she's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I'm really glad. Okay, you found your home. You found your people. Uh, uh, you found your people. Uh, from Discord, what are your thoughts on content creators assuming the role of community managers for emerging indie game studios? Do you think they can be a valuable asset or might they be too inflexible in their approach? How dare oh, you? I'm a content is, creator. <laughs> that is such a good question. I know, so, right? 
Yeah, I love that question because I feel like that's something that we're seeing more and more of. And I think there's a lot of companies that um, take on um, streamers and content creators um, because they get kind of like hungry for their following and the fact that they can do like these extra skills, but then they don't support them enough and they don't they don't like kind of stand by them and be like, okay, you know, you've got these skills absolutely nailed down. What can we do to give you marketing experience? What can we do to give you that biz dev experience in, in games? Like, how can we help you with that stuff? Because I feel like a lot of the time, well, I say a lot of the times, but when I've seen streamers kind of go into the games industry as uh, community managers and then fail or leave afterwards and stuff like that, I feel like it's because the industry just isn't supporting them in the way that they should be or isn't giving them the access to resources that they should be. Because I feel like more and more, like I said, you know how we said like community managers can kind of be the host kind of person and like, and that's kind of like the kind of face of a brand and kind of like more of a a public figure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's something we're seeing more and more of and something that companies really like. Um, But we should also be giving those people support behind the scenes too. Um, Training, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I started out as a 3D animator, but then I got into live streaming and then I've been I've been on Twitch for over a decade. And that me being a content creator on Twitch, every job that I've gotten over the past 10 years has been because of that route, right? Because I've gotten in business dev, PR, community management, helping out an indie game business. And that all just stems from me originally being a doing thousands of hours in front of a camera. But all those other skills were just kind of learned over time. Yeah, one thing that's super impressive about content creators and streamers when I've interviewed them for community manager roles is that so frequently they they just have this intuition. Like they don't necessarily, like you can, you can train someone up, you can give someone a marketing degree or a social media management degree or like whatever, all of those things but they just don't have that intuition. They just don't get it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like sometimes you'll get content creators and streamers and they know exactly what to do, but they don't know how to explain or put a plan of action there. And that's not all of the time. That's not every streamer. That is definitely something that I feel like more companies should be giving a chance on those people and then also helping them develop those other skills to understand what they've been doing innately and what's, the reasoning behind those things. Does that make sense? That does totally make sense. Well, you know, uh, there was a talk yesterday and one of the points that was being gone over was they pulled up a, a, a help wanted ad from Craigslist. It says it's an entry level position, but oh. you must have five years of experience and and it pays $9 and 50 cents an hour. So I would imagine some companies have very high expectations you know, and that was another thing they were talking about was like, well, maybe they're 80% qualified and they just need that little boost to for all of the things you need. Right. And so c- companies uh, should be willing to invest in that kind of stuff instead of just be like, I want somebody that knows everything because people got to learn regardless. Right. You got to drink from the fire hose at any job you go into. Yeah, it's just like taking a chance on people and, you know kind of this is the thing like I think a lot of people don't realize that if you take a chance on someone and you support them you can kind of mold them into somebody for a company that's just going to work you like work with you guys perfectly mm-hmm. um which is so much nicer than finding someone that yes could be super senior and super impressive but it's going to be off next year to a totally other different studio you know what I mean so 
And that is kind of one of the things in the game industry is like people bounce through jobs. Mm. A game is done, a game is completed, or a promotion's over, or whatever. Mm. Okay. Here we got another one. I'm a partner on Twitch that has worked with numerous indie devs. Do you have suggestions on how I can showcase that on my CV to find more opportunities in the industry? Ah, oh, so I'm assuming this is finding more opportunities to be a community manager. Um, I'm yeah, that's sure. interesting. So hmm, I think that you could definitely, you know how I was saying about the T-shape thing earlier, like understanding other aspects so that you can kind of like fit in better because you understand how other people are working and therefore you can smooth their processes. I think being able to say that you have kind of um, a not like almost like a content specialist view on things, but also understanding a bit of like PR and advertising too. I think that's super helpful. I think also being able to show what part, like what part of the kind of marketing process you were in when you like helped people out with like doing that kind of promotion and stuff for them. Does that make any sense? So if you say, not only did you do a promotion for this specific company, it was this with this specific game for this launch. Um, and that, you know, if you were working with other uh, indie <laughs> kind of like indie game streamers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. kind of that's the part of the process you, because I keep interrupting myself here because I keep having new ideas, but like one of the things that's definitely missing is if you understand what kind of that marketing campaign looks like and where you sat in it, I think is super helpful because I think that's something that streamers and content creators often don't show when they go for community, like community management roles um, or for marketing roles. Right. I I feel like something that I wish I would have done from the very beginning is keep a log, like keep a journal of, because I worked with so many different games. I actually like my, my, my avatar or whatever is in video games. I'm actually in a video game as as a boss, right? And I did voiceovers, and I I I should have kept track of all of the like the amount of money I raised doing charity streams, um, the all the indie devs that I worked with, all the different. I should have kept track of all that stuff because that would be just an amazing resume. But I don't have that. I can't remember that because it's ten years of working with hundreds of different games, right? And so I would suggest just keep, start keeping a journal, writing it once or twice a week, even if it's just like, oh, I, you know, work, talked, worked with this dev and we did a stream for this or whatever it is. Just, just basic notes and then at the end of the year, go through it and then kind of organize that into some kind of outline for yourself. Mm. That way you can take that information when you're doing it in a resume or when somebody, not in a resume because resumes, I don't feel like should be so detailed, but that way when someone asks you, hey, what did you do? You could be like, oh yeah, I worked with this dev, this, 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 this. And you can just start rattling off all of the things that you did. And yeah. uh, we just don't do that. I didn't do that. And I certainly wish that I would have. Yeah, even reaching out to those devs um, that you worked with um, and kind of building a relationship with them and being like, hey, I'm looking for work, by the way. I loved like doing this stuff for your game. Um, here's my resume. I don't know if you know anyone that's looking for a community manager job, but kind of like building that network um, out from just streamers and content creators, but also just into the indie dev scene, I think is super helpful. Mm -hmm. Big time. Well, do you have any final parting words here? I don't think so. I'm sorry that I like smashed through that so quickly. No, that's (laughs) okay. We got a ton of, 
You know what? You went through it so quick because we had a ton of great questions, which I think is amazing. So what are you currently working on right now? Um, so currently Radical Forge is working on a brand new IP. Um, and I'm working on some stuff there that is, <laughs> I can't tell you about. Oh, you got to tell will... us. That's the whole, that's the whole deal. You got to break will... NDA to come on the show. No. Oh no. I no. will also be at GDC. So I'm doing a talk, like an indie soapbox talk at GDC. So I'm going to be there for the week. So if you, if anybody else is going and you happen to run into me, hello. I Jay will be there. Yeah, he was telling me about it. He was like, avoid this area of San Francisco. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Have you you been to GDC? No, never. It's no? my first time. Yeah. Oh, GDC is awesome. Like I've, I'm like at PAX and I, I've been to all those conferences and TwitchCon and, and all of that stuff. Honestly, GDC is my favorite because there's oh, yeah? just so many more. It always seems like there's more indie game stuff going on and even as a content creator, like, you know, you, you like to go to PAX because that's industry face or that's consumer facing, but GDC is just like, you get, it feels like you get to do more of a deep dive into things with mm -hmm. developers than, you know, you go to a PAX booth and it's set up for here, play my game and da, da, da. And at GDC, it's more businessy kind of talks and in depth. Yeah, you just get to talk to people, I, I assume. <laughs> Talking to people, being able to have those longer conversations rather than everyone running off to do something. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, thank you so much. This is perfect, and it's been amazing. We really appreciate it. And coming up next, uh, let's see, who do we got next here? We have, I got to look over here. Marketing is evil. No, that was yesterday. Stop, collaborate, and listen. How not to put your community on ice. That's coming up right now. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.